0: You're listening to the B2B Growth Think Tank, the show that brings you the virtual hot seat where each week my expert guests and I help another business leader by masterminding actionable solutions to a specific challenge they're currently trying to solve in their business. So if you're looking for answers to a specific challenge that you're facing, that if you could solve in the next 90 days would have a huge impact on your growth, send it in to thinktank at thinklikeafish.co.uk and we'll see if we can feature you on the show. My name is Adam King, your host and the captain of the ship at growth consultancy Think Like a Fish. And if you're ready to rethink what's possible for your business and discover the growth strategies, advice and insight to turn this new vision into a reality, let's get started. Hey, Adam here. Now, before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to quickly let you know about my Growth Accelerator Implementation Programme. Now, this is ideal for owners or directors of established B2B or professional service firms who want to generate more revenue in less time while lowering marketing costs. It's especially ideal for those who are sick and tired of the hype and false promises, who instead like the idea of working with a partner that puts skin in the game with you and guarantees results. Now, if that is you, then the Growth Accelerator implementation program could be the perfect solution to setting you on the path to sustainable growth. Because when you partner with me for 90 days, I'll help you implement a simple and scalable business development system that is guaranteed to generate at least 500,000 of new revenue for your business in the next 12 months. And if you like the sound of this, make sure you visit thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash accelerator and watch the short video that explains how it all works. But before you go and do that, let's get to today's episode. Hello, welcome to today's virtual hot seat. As a reminder, this is a shortened version of the full interview that I did with my guest, Dr. Roxy Mooney, and that interview is available on the podcast. So if you like what you hear in this, then make sure you go and check out the full interview that I did with Dr. Roxy. So I hope you enjoy today's virtual hot seat. Let's dive in. I I want to pose the challenge that has come in this week. What we like to do with guests is just brainstorm maybe a few, you know, if, if this was being asked to us and maybe it was being asked to you what what would you sort of um advise somebody did as a result so this uh this week um this should be going out in uh, in in January time so um it will be apt considering people are going to be thinking about what to do over the next 12 months and hopefully it will be a much better year than 2020 so someone said to you in in the current climate should i continue to create things like a 5 year plan considering all the uncertainty that's going around or should i be focusing on short-term, looking for short-term results?
1: Good God, no, not a five-year plan. I would say not even a one-year plan. Um, I think one-year plan, annual plans are completely outdated. Those are going to be um, obsolete before you ever get to executing it. Uh, I think that that's a recipe for failure, putting together these long-term plans like we used to do years ago.
0: Mm. I think... Yeah. Um, I. I agree when you use the term five-year plan. I do think it's important to have a five-year goal or a five-year vision. And I think it's quite an important distinction because people will get the two a little bit confused because if you don't have a kind of vision or an idea or a direction where you want to go to, that's when you can sort of, you know, using my my constant fishing analogies, it's when you can start drifting on that open ocean, right? With no, you know, you're just a victim of the current or where the wind is going to take you. You've got no rudder. So, it When it comes to thinking five years ahead, it's what do I want my business to look, feel like? What kind of, how do I want my life to look like? How do I want it to fit into all of that? Who am I helping? Who am I impacting? What What is that doing in the world? That's the sort of thing you think about in five years time. But no, right now, I mean, you can't necessarily make a plan for a a single day because (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I'm, 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 we're doing this now and I'm looking out my window and I live next door to a pub. They were open again for um, what two and a half weeks. They've mm-hmm. invested in outdoor spacing and all that kind of stuff. And today they've had to shut because we've just gone into a, a tier three lockdown now they couldn't plan for that, but they planned for the short term. They planned for what was happening. They knew that if they increased their outdoor capacity, they were going to be able to bring in more people. They brought in the ability to do food, which was part of the uh, way to actually get people in. So yep. that's an example of, yes, focusing on the short-term results because you need to be able to do that. You have to be agile. You have to be able to move quickly. So planning and sticking rigidly to a, to a plan is, is a fool's errand at this point. But it also does help to have that direction. And at least if you're yeah. thinking a year out and you have to understand that, okay, I will have certain financial obligations that i need to meet so therefore i have to be able to plan effectively to how to reach those objectives and i have to understand how many clients how many sales etc etc that i will need to make in order to achieve those absolutely then you can break it down into 90 day sprints and things like that but the way
1: i would yeah so the way i would define the difference is really being clear on the difference between the why the what and the how right? So if we've got our purpose, our why, our why is that rudder that's guiding our businesses and our why doesn't change. That just stays tried and true throughout the, you know, duration of this business that we've launched. But the what and the how can very much change. And so as we're thinking about like marketing strategies and plans, those to me are the how, And how we do something this week, like you just described with the pub example, is very different than how we might do it in 30 days. Um, I I encourage folks to do um, short cycle planning, kind of like what you're describing, around 90 days. So you, so the other thing is kind of like, um, I think that we have to be careful when we start saying that, that people think that they're just going to every day throw something in the wall and see what sticks. Right. And kind of like, you know, what you're saying is what's the balance of that? Like you absolutely need a plan. And for those of us that are innovators and visionaries, we can get caught up in that shiny, uh, uh, new opportunity syndrome, right? We've all been guilty of that. Mm.
0: We live in the future. And- That's the thing. You're able to project <laughs> yourself there you've forgotten you don't have a teleportation machine and you've actually got to make the journey.
1: Yeah. And it's frustrating for teams that are trying to operationalize our why and our vision um, to be pulled in multiple directions. So they're like a plan. Yes, let's have a plan, please. And let's kind of stick to it. And so there's definitely this balance between having our how plan mapped out for 90 days, but still being agile, being flexible. And I think also being data centric and, you know, because as marketers we have access to um, and, insurmountable behavioral data in in performance data, like never before, you know, how something performed, being able to assess that and be able to determine what we need to do next. We might have thought even within this 90 day plan that we were going to do something in month three. And we realized that no, it actually makes sense to, we're going to have higher impact if we do this tactic instead of what we had originally planned.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think uh, a few things that, that sort of I, I I get from that is the importance of being um, agile, the ability to create a culture within a business that allows you to pivot. And I know that's yeah. something that you have a very good methodology around helping people to actually, when the situations happen where it's like market situations change like dramatically. I mean, this pandemic is a great example. How you actually go through the process of assessing the situation, working out, well, what's the worst case scenario if I do nothing? And then actually I need to figure out a way to pivot and what does that look like? And, And pivot has been used as a bit of a buzzword lately, but it is something that really, really does describe the value of that. But I don't think you can do that unless you have a culture that is actually going to, first of all, see the need. And then actually execute on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, you know, I think of uh, this book that I read not too long ago Experimentation Works and making the case of, you know, kind of creating this culture around experimentation and giving a lot of examples um, that we can relate to. Whereas, uh, you know, Microsoft with Bing was you know, they had a plan in place on what they were going to do with it. And they experimented with a bunch of different hypotheses and in real time um, and really giving permission to employees to experiment, giving them permission to have some failed experiences, experiments, because not all of them are going to succeed. um, And realizing that for Microsoft, within um, a a minor tweak, they were actually to generate Another billion dollars worth of revenue. So, I mean, these can be some very valuable experiments. Um, so, I think from the leadership down, um, thinking about creating this culture of experimentation and uh, failure. You know, we see a lot of tech examples, Google, Microsoft, that just do this all the time. They're running thousands and tens of thousands of experiments a year.
0: I think it's vital, and and I think the last thing to maybe. Um, uh, that, that comes to mind for me around this thing about around the planning and, and all the rest of it. I think it's an important distinction to make the difference between projects and process. And you'll mm-hmm. recognize this because yep, yep. <laughs> we've had this conversation. But <laughs> I've heard
1: this before. Yes, you have, but <laughs> it's, it, it really does.
0: I, I think <laughs> it really fits here because when you're making a plan, you're planning essentially to Imp- or, or continue implementing a process that has an outcome that you can, that you can rely on. Now, obviously, if something happens to make that process, um, basically redundant, you have to look at uh, redoing the process. So it's like, you know, a spanner in the works, you, your, your, your production line is, is literally shut down. What do you do? You have to figure out a way to fix it. Um, but the projects that you plan to execute over a 90 day, six month year, Those are the ones that you need to sort of take a bit of a step back and say, actually, what are the things that I need to do in my business that are going to have the biggest impact on ultimately the bottom line, my revenue? What is going to move the needle? And planning those projects, but not to the detriment of still continuing to do the processes. Because once you have done the experimentation, and that's why it comes to mind, which goes inherent of running a project, you can then create the processes that work in the business to operationalize it, and then continue to do the projects and the experimentation and all the rest of it. And I, I, I got that from where you said, talked about the yeah, experimentation yeah. thing. And I, I think it's an important distinction to make.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. I think, you know, when we go back to like just agile, there's still a process for agile, right? So, um, you know, our teams are planning the work every week and planning the sprint. And so there's a process that give, gives a little bit of organization and structure. So although the work might change from week to week based upon how we're going to, you know, have the greatest impact, um, that the the planning of that work um, and how we're managing resources is very structured and systematized. Otherwise, you won't have a scalable business and you will will have a lot of frustrated team members
0: <laughs> yeah, because they don't know where they're going.
1: Right. They don't know what they've got yeah. to do
0: next. And that's one of the most yep. frustrating things that can happen. And I think it's why it's one of the most valuable things that you can give to an employee, a team member, a client, anything like that. And that is a clear path, a clear roadmap yeah, to guide somebody where they want to get to, and, and I think that that can, that, 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 if there's one thing that any business or any service provider or anyone like that can can really sort of take, I think, out of this. It's what is your process for actually helping somebody achieve a result, because that's mm-hmm. what you should be thinking about in your planning process. And how can we yeah. make it better? And what projects do we need to complete in order to help and improve that? So, yeah, that's uh, that that went in different direction to what I thought it might go, <laughs> but it's uh, I think it's valuable, especially um, around this this uh, the particular time in year and depending on when you're listening to it, maybe uh, you know twenty. Uh, 47. I don't know. Um, (laughs) That's the beauty of these things. They stick around for a while. So that's it for this episode. I hope you found it valuable. I hope you got some great ideas that you can take away and apply to your business to help you grow. If you did, please share it with somebody else that might also find this valuable because they will thank you for it. Also, to let you know that I have a podcast gift page where I put a lot of resources that I love to share with my listeners. You can find the links to join the Facebook community there and you can get my book, The Conversational Relationship Marketing and the audiobook version all for free, plus a number of other resources I'll be adding over time on that page. So make sure you head there to thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash podcast gift and you can help yourself to the things that make most sense to you. And if you have enjoyed the show, please make sure you're subscribed. You'll get updated as the new episodes come out. And finally, last favor, please consider giving the show your honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one. They mean the world for me. I love hearing from my listeners and it does help others find the show as well. So if you want to go and do that, I'd really appreciate it. Until next time, have an awesome day and we'll speak soon.